Hi everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have a great guest for you today. Not only is she a great guest and magical, she's one of my dearest friends in the world. We work together. I probably talk to her as much as or more than I talk to anybody. She's the one who invents my beautiful website and does a lot of my social media work. So we have Rachel Kleinsmith. Besides that she is my friend, um, she, you might know her as Swamp Witch or Swampophile. She is editor-in-chief of Vampire Magazine, an owner of Vampire Cosmetics, Alchemy Mythosis makeup brands. Um, and she is just an all-around Renaissance woman. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. It's a one woman who could do everything and that's who she is but before i introduce you to rachel where's patty ah, i always do this it's so silly you know if i don't tell you where i am that means i have to look it up and if i don't look it up i don't know where i am but right now i am home if you are watching this in the week we first dropped which is the week of monday may 30th happy memorial day for one happy memorial day weekend we're in the midst and just ending of it so i hope you have or had or are having a good one and i am in town until Friday. Tuesday, I am in town and I'm teaching a simple tarot class. So whether you're a tarot experienced reader forever, or you've never picked up a tarot deck in your life, this is simple tarot, how to easily read or get maybe some new perceptions and how to read tarot. That's not necessarily by the book. It's combining your intuition and an intuitive reading with what's in the book, some new and original spreads. So if you're interested in that, that's Tuesday evening at six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern through universitymagicus.com. Check it out, universitymagicus.com. Now I am not teaching my regular Sunday class because I'm going to be up all night the night before. Not that I couldn't, but I don't want to. This weekend, if you are anywhere in the Southern California area, I'm going to be appearing at Pacific Coast Paracon in Ventura, California. It's a beautiful little beach town just above Los Angeles. We are going to be in this old 1930s theater, very haunted. I've got some of my best evidence in this theater of like, SLS cameras with me reaching out and the ghost reaching out and getting a red beam in between. I mean, some crazy, beautiful stuff. And we're doing a Paracon. I'm going to be doing a gallery read and seance. I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to have my books there and I'll sign books for anybody who wants. So look up Pacific Coast Paracon. It's on my website. It's on their website at Ventura, California. My friend Stefan Brigatti, look him up. If you don't know him, you should. He actually teaches at my school. He's a musician. He's a magic guy. He's a shaman. Um, Stefan Brigatti and Pacific Coast Paranormal. And Saturday night, we're going to be, I'm going to do a seance and then we're going to be up all night on the ghost hunt. So Sunday morning, I'm sleeping in. But you guys go do something magical, take another class or get out in nature. And Saturday night, even though I will be in Ventura doing a ghost hunt at this beautifully haunted theater, you can watch me on television. If you have Travel Channel, it is the first episode I did on Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne and Katrina Weldman. They were great to work with. 
um, my first time ever. And we went to a really haunted place. I didn't know where I was going, as always, just like with um, Ghost Adventures. But we went to a place called Ernestine and Hazel's in Memphis, Tennessee. So look for that episode. It's going to be on Travel Channel on Saturday night, the 4th, June 4th. So check me out there. I can't wait to see it myself and see what I discovered because I never remember because I never remember until I see it on TV because I'm always in kind of a trance state. So watch it with me. They're really sweet. Great show anyway. Portals to Hell on the Travel Channel. Also, Willow Merchandise. Don't forget about Willow Merchandise because wherever you go, you really do need to have a Team Willow shirt, don't you? We've got all sorts of great new stuff. Mugs and shirts and let's dress alike, shall we? Team Willow. Okay, that's it. Bye. <laughs> There's the yawn. <laughs> hey, everybody. Guess what time it is? Yep, it's Willow time. It is time for the Willow Report. I am really excited this week because, though I must say, when you're seeing this, we just did it because we do tape a couple days ahead. But this weekend is International Dog Day. Yes, it is. If you have a dog, it is International Dog Day. And since I live in Los Angeles, I live in Hollywood. There's a little lady called Lisa Vanderpump. You've probably heard of her. Star, reality star. She has restaurants in town. Well, she's an animal advocate. So she's having a great big old International Dog Day party at West Hollywood Park this weekend or two days ago. And guess who gets to walk the red carpet? This one does. Willow, it's her first red carpet since, well, the, when she was eight weeks old and she got on Getty, but that was just a star sight. Oh, what is that? A star sighting on Getty. This is her first red carpet. So, but I, oh, there's the obligatory Leon. Are you bored? Are you bored with the stars of Hollywood? The red carpet. But one thing I do have to tell you, we might need, ah, there went the AirPod. When we are on the red carpet, Willow, you got to look. There's a camera right there. Maybe not the yawn. Give them your good side. There, there, there. Okay. All right. Now, where we could use your help, though, is they make it very clear who was even invited to this red carpet. We are honored, I guess, because we get to go to this red carpet. You have to be very special. But we're not quite special enough to go to the front of the line. They made it very clearly that only people with 100K Instagram followers they would be escorted to the front of the line. Well, us little peasants only have 40,000 followers. So we're gonna be at the back of the little puppy line. So it, just in case you don't follow us on Instagram or any other social media, please, every other social media, go like, go follow. We wanna take Willow to the front of the line on her first red carpet. She's a little spoiled, as you know, and she's not used to waiting. She's not used to being the girl in the back. Like us. Follow us, Instagram. We need to reach 100K. We need to reach 100K. Are you going to wear a dress? Are you going to wear a pretty dress? Are you going to wear a scarf? You got to learn to look at the camera. Willow, you got to learn to look at the camera. <gasps> no, not having any of it. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Next week, I'll let you know how it was. Thank you, guys. Have a magical week. Squeeze your fur babies. Squeeze your family. Squeeze yourself. Oh, that's the Willow Report.
Let's do some magic, shall we? For our magic moment today, I thought I would talk about garden magic. It is springtime, flowers are blooming, and if you're doing magical workings, whether you do spell working or whatever you're doing, if you could bring it into a garden of some sort, you want to know how much more powerful it is? It is. Now, if you're going, but I don't have a garden. I don't even have a deck. I don't have a patio. If you have one little window in your kitchen that you can grow a couple herbs, do it. You don't have to have a lot of space. I, for a million years, had no yard, no deck, no patio, no anything. But I would get those little bitty things of herbs. All of a sudden, I'm growing parsley. I'm growing rosemary. Grow basil. You could buy it at the grocery store. You are bringing magic into your life. Plants are living beings, just like the crystals we talk about and the deities we talk about. Plants are living, beautiful spirits. So if you can bring them into your house in any way, even the tiniest, you're going to bring that much more magic into your house. And also, plants have their own magical qualities. Cactuses are really, really, really protective. Think about it. They're splintery like that, but they're protective anyways. They can bring prosperity and protection. You can almost always grow a little cactus. Want to know one of the best and easiest things to grow? avocado from a pit. Everybody eats avocado toast, right? Put one of those but with the four little toothpicks in it, put it in water, start growing an avocado. It brings love into your house. Venus, avocados are ruled by Venus. So all of a sudden, maybe it's sitting in your kitchen window, maybe you have a little patio to do it. Love and sexual appetite. Yep, yep, you wanna increase that libido there? Plant yourself an avocado seed. They won't know what hit them. <laughs> That's magic of its purest form. And whether inside or outside, if you have plants, give them a name and give them a job. Really, we all like a name. This is Bob the Bush. Bob the Bush is my money plant. And my money plant, it will thrive because it has a name. It will thrive because it has a purpose. We all want purpose. All of a sudden, Bob's doing better than it ever has. So is your money income. If you do have any kind of a deck or a patio or even the tiniest. For years, I had a 10 by 10 little piece of dirt off my apartment and it was my, it was my, it was my big, beautiful park. I decided I would do it elementally. So on the west side, I put the tiniest little bird bath, water element. Mm -hmm. on, on the north side, that's the earth. I was just, that's my potting soil where I would put things. On the south, that's the fire. I was lucky enough I could have put a fire pit there, but I couldn't. I had a little tiny apartment. So I'd put some red plants and fiery and a couple of red stones on the air plant. Ah, I hung a wind chime. So I am living in the middle of an elemental compass circle. And then you have plants in it. And then you have dirt and you have rocks. Bring in magic. All the things that we do with rocks and colors and candles, red is for passion, green is for healing or money, it happens for plants and leaves on plants and trees on plants. Um, even weeds, if you have to cut down the weeds, cut them down with love and tell them you're a great weed, but you don't need to be here and grow them as funny as it is. If you could bring anything that brings in the butterflies, certain plants to grow, you're going to bring in fairies, hummingbirds. Um, sound is magic. If you're lucky enough to have, be able to have a tree, plant an apple tree, most magical of all, all trees. 
goes back biblical times and beyond. Apples are super magical, but every kind of tree has its attributes. I don't have time to go into every bush and every tree and every flower right here. I actually do teach a class on it, but that's easy to find as well. You can go find a book on garden witchery and see like, hmm, I need a little more uh, pink flowers in my life. Roses, highest vibration of all flowers. There's warding plants, there's protection plants, there's health plants along the way. So remember your garden is magical as inside your altar, as inside your ritual, but even more so because it's living, breathing spirits and entities. They will thrive, they will grow. Again, whether you have one two inch basil plant in your tiny kitchen window in your tiny apartment, you have a little tiny 10 by 10 deck or you have a great big yard like I do. I, I, I vied for the yard and not the house on this one. So I have a smallish house and a biggish yard and it makes me very, 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 very happy. Draw sigils and symbols in the lawn. How you see old fashioned, whether you're the stick on the dirt and you're drawing dollar signs and hearts. If you're painting on defenses, all the magic that you do in your ritual work, in your spell work, on your altar, Take into your garden, whatever your garden may be. Celebrate by moon. That's the plants that smell good. Celebrate by the sun. Celebrate by season. Put a wreath of those beautiful plants on your house if you can. Now you're bringing magic into the house. So go find the magic in your garden. Call in the fairies and call in the elementals. Your life will be happier. That's it. I have a very special guest for you today. Actually, she is a very, very, very dear friend. She, we also work together. She is my artist friend who creates my website, who runs my everything. She runs my life. But let me tell you a little bit more about her. This is the beautiful Rachel Kleinsmith. She is a New Orleans native, also known as Swamp Witch or Swampophile on social media or um, she is editor-in-chief of Vampire Magazine and owner of Vampire Cosmetics and Alchemy Mythosis Makeup Brands. She and her husband co-run Mythosis Manufacturing, and they create custom cosmetic products for a number of other independent brands and celebrities. She specializes in unique designs and incorporates actual history and occult references into many of her creations. Meet my friend and magical girl, and I call her a renaissance woman, Rachel Kleinsmith. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming on. Hello, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is good. This is fun. I mean, you're, you're, she's always running this for me. She's getting this out there for me. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we have to have you on because you truly are one of the most magical people I know. So um, I remember several years ago now my first time in new orleans you and your husband you threw me in your car and you gave me the very best tour of new orleans imaginable we were at marie laveau's and we're lighting scar here and you took me to this amazing um uh plantation and so you're a new orleans girl right that's where you yes i was i was born in new orleans and raised there for part of my childhood and it will always be home it's just you know a part of me so how, what about the magical part of you? Has that always been part of you? Were you raised in that or you, did you discover it just being there or along the way? Well, both. Um, my mother was very careful not to influence me um, in terms of religion. My grandmother was um, Presbyterian 
And, you know, so I went to church with her and everything. And mother, whenever I asked her, do you believe in God? You know, what, what do you believe in? Uh, she would never tell me, but she did expose me to as many different spiritual practices as she could. I went to many different kinds of churches. We went to drum circles. We went to, you know, pagan stores. She always did like little rune readings in her room and she had crystals and, you know, I, I was I had access to books galore. She was a librarian. And so anything I wanted to learn about, anything I wanted to read about, um, she'd do that for me. And I started studying about witchcraft when I think I was 11. And I was very fortunate because even my grandmother's church was very supportive of that. She, they didn't judge me at all. They didn't have an issue with me doing both. So, um, yeah, as time went on, I got more involved. But New Orleans itself is, is a magical place, as I know you know. Um, there's kind of a belief that permeates the city, which is funny because it's a, it's a Roman Catholic city predominantly but um there's there's hints of, of voodoo and hoodoo everywhere you go if you walk down um the french quarter there's you know many many shops if you go down to the river you can see candles sitting out uh remnants of rituals just sitting out and no one touches them no one's gonna mess with them like there's just like this general belief in the population there and it's it's part of what makes it so you know powerful yeah, you do. You feel it when you get off the plane or off the bus or whatever you're doing. I certainly did. So what are some of the, because I, I remember you've done some rituals getting there, like w working with the loa, whatever, or going down to the river. I know I, I still have and wear all the time a little bottle of, of water that you gave me. What are some of the things that you do in either to the, to the city itself or to the deities of the city? some of the practices well, the first thing that we do when we get to new orleans every single time to go say hello to the river and you know as sebastian teaches you know Bobancha being the original native american name for the city he sort of you know used that name for an entity to talk to but i always voice on this i always just gone and said hello and you know thank you for getting me here also every single time i've had something big that i wanted to make happen in my life something so big that magic is really the only way to do it because it's just so so hard to do moving to california the first time being one of them i took a trip to new orleans even with no money <laughs> because mm -hmm. no matter what no matter what when i'm in new orleans it comes whatever happens whatever i need to happen happens i'm taking care of somehow some way the universe provides and so i'll go to new orleans and we'll leave a leave an offering on the river or you know go to marie laveau's house and and smoke a cigar with her or to her tomb back before they they closed off st louis cemetery number two to tours only we'd leave offerings there and um yeah, I mean that's that's it's what you do. So, so the city takes care of you. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, what are some of the other? Again, you are don't even know how to explain it. One of the most magical, besides artistic and creative women I have ever met, and you do really do live it. You have a beautiful family. You have two beautiful creative children. Um, I, I know your youngest and my puppy learned to climbed stairs at the same time, but I see your kids and I see what they do. And it's just, it's part of who you are. Um, you definitely have the gift. You definitely have whatever titles you give yourself, medium, psychic, this or that. You definitely have a gift and see spirits. What are some of the things you've experienced or know or along the way with that or some of your paranormal stuff? Oh, there's too many to probably <laughs> list off in this situation. Um, about my kids, yeah, um, Lilith turns two on Thursday, actually. Wow. So, yeah, she was born like right at the beginning of the pandemic. So time is crazy. And yeah, Corbin is my nine-year-old and he's he's very into witchcraft. He's read your book. He loved it. Oh, <laughs> I said, mom, can I, go so can, I go, can I go get some crystals? Can I, can I have a dragon? <laughs> so Yay. Um, as far as like, you know, 
paranormal experience is concerned, I I have a connection to the 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 culture of you know the practices there. So I I definitely have a relationship with the couple Valoa and Marie Laveau. I talk to her. I leave offerings for her. I am not an initiate in voodoo, um, but I do you know respectfully have a, have a relationship and communicate. I don't practice like as a religion. Just you know, stay in my lane over here. But I've had some really wild experiences. Um, one of them being here in California and a couple of them being in, in Louisiana. I'll talk about both of them if we have time. Um, a couple of years ago, like almost three years ago at this point, it was not too long after my first makeup line had failed and I was starting to rebuild from the ground up. It took me three years, but I, I did that and it came back from it. Um, and I was outside of um, Santa Monica Boulevard, outside the Whiskey A Go Go. And this gentleman comes up to me. And we've been doing, you know, rituals regularly on the, on the moon cycle and everything at this time. Just, you know, like, you know, help, <laughs> help. This is a really hard time in my life. My dad had just died. And um, this gentleman comes up to me wearing alligator shoes with a lion emblem on them. And I am a Leo son with also my, my Mars, Mercury, and Venus are all Leo. So lions are wow. a big deal to me. Um, yeah, four placements in Leo. That's intense, right? <laughs> and... Um, you know, sort of this like suede, velvety, like very loud pattern jacket and a hat, you know, the hat. He walks up to me and he's like, hey, you know, just so you know, what you're doing is very important and I want you to keep doing it. Don't let the haters get you down. Like he gave me this whole pep talk and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> wow. It was, very, it, it was very much felt like them coming to see me in real life, which has happened before. Like there's one time we were driving around the French Quarter and we saw a woman that looked like Marie Laveau walking right down the street by her house. I mean, she had the hair wrap, you know, the clothing of the time period, and I'm fairly convinced it was her. Like, it's one of those things. If you if you are involved in that kind of world at all, it's a little bit more. You can ask anyone else who's done these kind of things too. You know, you know Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. They show up. They show up in the real world. It's very. It's very tangible compared to some some practices like you see it instantly and you see it in real life when we were in Santa Monica I think in 2018 um the very first time that my family and I left an offering of coffee from, from New Orleans Cafe du Monde Cafe coffee for Papa Legba because you know as he is the the crossroads the gate opener the access to that world um literally within minutes we heard a, a homeless man outside chanting in West African like it was just wow. like instant like and we were all like just you know chills obviously but it's 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 very clear like it, it shows up in a way that you you know what you're doing and you you're acknowledged in the path that is beautiful now for somebody who doesn't know i mean everybody I, there's probably more misconceptions about voodoo and hoodoo than there is even about race not regular witchcraft whatever that means or the the path so says so somebody going what is loa what are loa the loa are sort of it's really hard to translate into a western like it's really hard to translate into western language because it's not they're not gods they're not deities they're sort of representatives that you know live in between worlds and you can petition them um and and the way voodoo is that they don't have the kind of you know black and white morality a lot of a lot of western religions you know involve um 
And so it's, you know, there's, they communicate, they're sort of a conduit, you know, for access to the spirit world. And there's different ones and they have different things and they do different things and they, different kinds of offerings, you know, can speak to them. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a unique concept, you know, you have Papa Legba, you have Baron Samadhi, you have Mama Brigitte, you know, um, and, and many, many more. And there's also a lot of history with that because, um, because a lot of it came over, you know, obviously West Africa, slave trade. Um, and um, they weren't allowed to practice their, their history. So a lot of it kind of got conflated with Roman Catholicism. And there's usually some kind of saint equivalent, which is, you know, how, you know, in, in um, some of the Hispanic traditions that we see more in Los Angeles area with the Brujeri and the Santa Rio, we have Santa Muerte mm-hmm. everywhere in LA. Um, that also usually has a saint equivalent for the same reason. And it's colonialism and it's awful. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't practice voodoo. I just, I just have, you know, a relationship with a couple of the Loa. I, it's a respectful one way I'm, I'm giving offerings. I'm giving thanks. It's not me being a participant. And now voodoo isn't a closed practice, but it is an initiate practice. And that's very important to clarify. And a lot of people outside of New Orleans get that confused, the difference. Yeah. Like it's not about skin color or heritage. Although, you know, typically to be an initiate, you should have a, con- a, a connection like I do to the city and my family background, you know, but yeah. <laughs> Did that answer your question? Yes, that is a beautiful answer. And you explained Loa very well along the way. Um, so how did the, again, so how, you, I know you're a makeup artist. You're a beautiful makeup artist. You're a stylist and you do all sorts of things in that fashion and beauty and makeup world. How did the line come along? I mean, who goes along saying, I'm going to have my own beautiful line of products? Did that just? Well, that's actually exactly how it came about. Um, most things I've done in life have come down to ideas I had when I was a child because I've always been very passionate and interested in a lot of different things. And everything pretty much that I ever wanted to do, I've done. Like, I'm going to go be a dog trainer when I'm 19 years old for a couple of years. I wanted to work with animals. I have to do that. I've, I wanted to work for a magazine. Well, I started two now. Well, I've started one and then now I co-own the second Father Sebastian Vampire magazine. I've yeah. always said I wanted to, I started wearing makeup when I was 13 and my mom took me down to the Clinique counter at the mall and she's like, give her a full face, give her a skincare routine, teach her how to put it on. And I was doing it daily from there. When I was 16, I started selling Mary Kay, which is too young to actually do that. Mom got the membership for me. And then I just went out to the school <laughs> and sold it and took the sales seminars. And um, after a while, I, I didn't, their culture didn't mesh very well with, you know, my gothic appearance. And you didn't want a pink Cadillac? I sold Mary oh, Kay when it was I, in high school. You didn't want a oh, pink really? Cadillac? No, I, I wanted the Cadillac, and I actually did pretty well. But they, the attitude a lot of the a lot of leaders around the area I was in, just did, they did not like me the way I was. And they wanted to change me to fit more of their aesthetic. I didn't want to do that. So at that point, I was like, okay, you know what? One day, I'm going to make my own makeup line. It's very alternative and very inclusive. And... Um, when I was pregnant with my oldest son, who is now 11, I had the idea to do that. And it took, and I'm very interested in science and chemistry. And I, I read um, Paula Begoon's uh, Beauty Bible and Don't Go to the Haircut Counter Without Me and Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me when I was younger. And I pretty much memorized those, those books. They, she wow. went through and she detailed um, all these different ingredients and what they do and what they don't do and, you know, broke down the marketing hype and and sort of like how cosmetics companies tend to 
sell things with words that don't really mean anything like natural and non-communogenic and all these different words that are, have, are not regulated. And if they're not regulated, then they can do, they can say whatever they want, really. Um, and so I really wanted to create something that was ethical, honest, and different. And I did that. And my first makeup I built up over, over a period of eight, almost nine years. And it took um, about seven years to become profitable. And then we went viral. And it was honestly more than I could handle. Um, we got way too big too fast. And so we had to kind of step back. And I did that. But it was such a huge learning experience that what, what everything I got from that, I was able to rebuild so much quicker, you know, pay off all those debts and, and you know, fix all that with the product, get everyone their stuff they ordered late, but it happened. And um, because of that, I had all this knowledge and experience and was able to open up a manufacturing company with my husband to sort of create things that even big manufacturers won't do. Like we have um, custom shaped tentacle brushes and like other shaped shaped brushes that, you know, big manufacturers won't do because they involve um, an injection molding process and it's impossible to injection mold these things. And we kind of got really creative and, you know, kept, kept along in lines with the, um, you know, the quality and the standards of safety and just kind of went from there. And I started working with other brands and other designers and creating stuff for them as well. Yeah. And beautiful. I mean, you're getting into your colors, your palette colors, your, your lips, your eyes are amazing. And yes, work into the alternative world, the goth world, regular world and everything. And can you bring your art into what the the housing of them? Tell me a little bit. Like it's not just like open it up. It's an eyeshadow. It's it's a Ouija board. It's a, you know. I actually have a few things. Yeah, show us. Let me see what I have. This is not the most convenient setup I've got going. It's okay. <laughs> um, this one is actually on your site. Yes, you could buy it on my and no one else has ever done this. So you've got the alchemy doses on the background. Um, it actually opens up. Let me see if it's the side. Let me hope it's up. It actually opens up like a book. It's a book. It's a palette. It's got three pages of shadows, thirty shades in each one. But again, it's an actual. It's an actual book. This one's smudged on there. It, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And again, the products are great. The colors are great. So, um, and it's, it's so compact. And again, it's, it's very unique packaging that no one else has done. Um, I did one based on the Malleus Maleficarum, which is the same style of, of book palette, which is, you know, a historical reference about the witch hunters Bible. Very dark. <laughs> but I, I love the history and let's see, this is, uh, wine lipsticks okay. vampire lipstick isn't that it's beautiful and it's great lipstick i wear it all the time and whenever i wear it people always notice so these are these are officially licensed by vampire vineyard so you can actually get like the full bottle of wine that looks just like this and yeah we have different colors this is the purple one that we came out with recently it's fangria beautiful fangria ah! <laughs> and then i've done things like this was actually a request that we got um, when we were doing a dark side of the con in New Jersey. Somebody said, you know, you should, she, I was working, I was next to uh, science craft was her booth. And 
she's like, I would love to see some human anatomy type stuff. And she's sent me to the Burgery Atlas, which is this French atlas from the 1800s. So it's public domain. So we took some of the illustrations from it. And now there's a book palette that is based on the Burgery Atlas of Human Anatomy. Pretty unique. Pretty unique, very clever. You know, great presence for the person who has everything. They don't have that, <laughs> which is true of all your stuff. It's amazing. And Vampire Magazine, I don't even know if you have one of those. I know I know one of the first issues you did a thing on me or recent issues, but it's beautiful. I mean, you are an ultimate artist. Somebody else, that would be their one full-time job that they're doing this, you know, and, and you're running a family in 14 different companies and me. <laughs> So what are your, how do you do that? What are some of your tips or for people go, wow, I can't, I want to create something. I want to, whether it's start a business or be creative or follow their path. You really are one of the best people I know at doing that. Do you have secrets for doing that or tips or tricks or, or suggestions that? Yeah. I mean, one of the big things obviously is, you know, failure is an integral part of success. You have to be able to go out there and put yourself out there and try and learn in the process as long as you do so with integrity you know that's the biggest thing most people don't either have the means to or the or the you know gumption to get out there and like risk it and and again yeah. this is challenging because not everyone can like a lot of people are you know very stuck in their circumstances especially in this economy yeah. <laughs> in this country um but i i really did never have a choice um i'm, I'm very neurodivergent and working a regular type job for me, I never lasted very long. So I've been an entrepreneur of different kinds since I was, since I was 16 years old. And I, I've had to make it work to survive and then support my family and, and grow. Um, I learned a lot on the way. Um, I, went, I was actually accepted into a business incubator in Kansas City called Beta Blocks that has a wow. lower acceptance rate than Harvard. We were the only girls there, like, except for that round. Like, there's only a few girls there, period. Um, and it, I learned a lot from that as well. They teach you very much about, you know, startup methodology and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm meticulous about lists. I, like, I have lists for my lists for my lists. I have, like, three calendars. Um, and ultimately, over time, you, you develop a broad skill set because you're doing everything when you're, you know, you're brand new. You can't hire help. Um Eventually, though, you learn what you're good at, and then hopefully you can partner up or hire to your weaknesses, and that makes it so that you can maximize your time and do more things at once because you're only working on things that you're good at. That's brilliant. I mean, that that is brilliant because you really, you are probably the most efficient get things done person that I know, and yet. You, you travel and you have, you're a really great mom and you're great with your kids and everything. So this is my Rachel Yeh show. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you, Patty. My favorite I know. And, and I appreciate you. So where can people find you? What are some, cause I know you design websites, you do all sorts of things. So if people are going, who is this Rachel? How can I find her? Where, where, where are the places people can find you? Both your, your cosmetics, your makeup line, all those other things you do. <laughs> um, well, on social media, my, I'm either Swampophile or Swampwitch on most sites. In fact, it's funny. Um, my, my main my main personal website is NewOrleansSwampwitch.com. And it all started when I was a, kind of at a low point in my life. And I made this page called Depressed Swampwitch on Facebook. And I was literally just posting things like from my soul, like catharsis, 
because like you know I have that whole old meme of like I, I wish I was a girl with a skincare routine who worked out every day and had my shit together but I don't I'm just I'm a swamp witch like that kind of thing and it was just it was just very much representative of me at the time I've always you know swamps are my favorite thing we always bring back Spanish moss from the, from Louisiana when we go we always bring back the the river water from from the Mississippi River like I brought you that was actually yeah. at, that was actually from the levees area Bio Valley Plantation which is where we went to go that one time. Yeah. That's where that water came from. That's in your necklace. Yes, and I love it. Just, no matter what, I have to have this connection there because it's where my 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 source comes from, my my soul, my power, and and so I put myself out there, and the the page kind of went viral, and it got a lot of followers. I think I'm at two hundred twenty nine thousand now on there, and wow. so I started the website. I was just putting myself out there and connecting to that 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 page because it's my biggest following page uh, personally. And um, so that's my personal page. And it's got like, you know, pictures of me doing different things. Uh, a lot of stuff from the Vampire Ball. And it links to my other sites as well. Um, and then I, for my for my um, website design, social media, graphic stuff, that brand management, brand building site, that's alligator.agency. Because again, we're going with the theme of the, the swamps. And um, mythosismanufacturing.com for the general manufacturing we do for other brands and my own as well. Alchemymythosis.com is the our dark academia, sort of occult and vampire and like Regency period literature, um, history type makeup stuff. And then we have vampirecosmetics.com and it's vampire with a Y, um, okay. which is just like vampire themed makeup. What do you think is coming out now that we're coming out of this pandemic, now that we've all been kind of locked away, we either got wiser or didn't, we got jaded or didn't. What do you think's next for us as a, a people? Again, because you are that next gener younger generation. You are the new world coming in. You have hope for us? <laughs> I do. Um, I'm millennial, so I'm not quite as young as Gen Z is out there killing it. They are, they are over it they're coming fresh out of high school and just like done and done and ready to dismantle everything. And I'm so here for it. <laughs> um, honestly, I think I, obviously it's, it's very sad and there's a lot, you know, that we, I don't think we've acknowledged yet. I don't think that we've processed the collective trauma that we all went through during COVID. They just announced, I think it was, we're approaching a million known deaths from COVID yeah. in this country alone. It's, it's very different. It's very difficult to really grasp that, but I do think a lot of good things came out of that time period um, when people were forced to stay home. Um, they started looking at their lives and realizing they weren't happy that the way the system is going does not work. And you know, Black Lives Matter came about, and and people were fighting for change and equality, and we're facing a lot of difficult things in this country right now. And there's a very big divide, but I do feel like people are more aware and more willing to stand up and more jobs are remote work than they ever were before, which is great for people who are disabled or people who, who have different working styles, different hours than the nine to five. I feel like overall, we're kind of going through this like big moment, this collective shift where things are going to, they're going to be really hard. They always are, you know, yeah. but then they're going to get better. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think it's hope. I think it was an adjustment period, a big shift. Yes, hard. All The hard stuff is always the good stuff. The hard stuff, like you said, is where you learn, where you move forward. Um, but it's just such a joy to have you on because I, I have to stop praising you because I can't stop praising you. So you guys check her out. Swamp Witch, Swampophile, Rachel Kleinsmith, Vampire Magazine, if you like that sort of thing. And 
you should like that sort of thing. If you have weird ideas about vampire, no, I've talked about that before. We think witches get a bad rap and a weird stereotype. Vampires are even worse. There's some really nice vampires out there. You're looking at two of them. <laughs> um, and other than that, I do have a fun. Oh yes, please. I do what have a fun ghost phone? story from New Orleans. If you want to hear I that, give oh please, yes. Um, so I think this was 2019. I want to say, um, Joe and I came down there for the Endless Night Vampire Ball. And yeah, 2019 for sure. And this was right after the Hard Rock Hotel collapse. And oh. I don't know if you know this, but there were those two bodies that were left inside that died. No. Yeah, they were left there. And it was really wild because a lot of things happened the following year in 2020 when the last Mardi Gras ran. Like there was two people that died during Mardi Gras. And the last time it happened was like 2008. Like it doesn't happen very often. It was like on the second float or like the second prayer like, it was like it was like a lot of twos a lot of weird twos and new orleans locals were like hey y'all get those bodies down they're still up there like they're still up there it's hard like deal with it this is like right after this happened though before before the mardi gras stuff and we were we just passed charity hospital where i was born and we're turning on to like down by where you know the hard rock hotel was down by the house of blues area and our i don't know we're playing what was the band? I think it was Save Our Soul. It was some, or Trey Pop and Daddies or or um, one of those, you know, big jazzy blues, like dramatic ones. I think it was Save Our Soul that came on. And the radio turned all the way up on the song. Like literally just all the way up. And Joe's like, oh my God, what's going on? He turns it all the way down. It turns all the way back on. He turns it off. It turns back on at the same song and turns all the way up. So he's like, I'm done. This is freaking him out because he's not used to this stuff. I'm just like, leave it alone. Somebody wants to hear the freaking song. Like, yeah. wh why? So he pulls the radio out of the dash because <laughs> he's just so scared. Ah. But I'm like, yeah, that's somebody wanted to hear the song. This is a message. Save our soul. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah, that would be scary. I could see him doing that too. I mean, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was totally freaked out, but I'm just like, this happens. This happens here. This is a normal thing. Yeah. Like, oh, that is beautiful. Where, where they have the, the haunted and not haunted signs on all the apartments in the French Quarter, they have to tell you if they're haunted or not. I know. It's wild. It's wild. And there, there is just so much magic in that city. So we'll be there again on Halloween. Anybody wants to join us at the Vampire Ball? Um, okay. We're well, also thank riding in the crew of Boo. You are? Yes. Group yeah. with the Halloween crew. It's like the Mardi Gras parade where they have the giant floats and they you know, throw the prizes off and everything. And, and it's it's not adult. Like there is, you know, if you go to some of the night parades during the midst of Mardi Gras, it is, but most parades have been family friendly. I was going when I was a little kid all the time. And yeah, so it's going to be very Halloween themed. October 22nd is when they, they ride and Joe and I are going to be on the float. Yay. Okay. You guys get to New Orleans, October 22nd, and then stay there for the whole week and come to the vampire ball with us. Yes. So check her out. Swamp Witch, Swamp of File, Rachel Kleinsmith, Vampire Magazine, Vampire Cosmetics. You could buy her beautiful products at pattynegri.com. So um, thank you, my dear friend. I, I talk to you every day anyway, but so honored to have you on the witching hour. Thank you so much, Patty. I really appreciate it.